Brother, thank you. Well, good evening. Man, it's an honor to be here with you tonight, and I appreciate Brother Will giving me the privilege to preach to you guys tonight. And I tell you what, Brother Will, I'm thankful for our church. This is a, 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 just a blessing to be here and to be a part of this family. When I preach to you guys on Wednesday night, I always like to give you all a little taste of what we're doing with the teens. Okay, is that all right if we do that tonight? Great. So I want you all just to kind of relax a little bit, okay? Feel a little, you know, teenish tonight, okay? All right? Think back. Be, be a teen a little bit tonight. But we've been doing a Bible study the last three weeks based on a movie called Woodlawn. Who has seen that movie? Raise your hand if you've seen the movie Woodlawn. Okay, fantastic. If you haven't seen it, after tonight you will want to go rent this movie. And there's a lot of bad movies out there that we don't have any business watching and we shouldn't. But one of the exciting things are there's starting to be more uh, Christian-themed movies being made. So there's some good things out there. And we actually showed this movie to our teenagers about a month ago. And then we followed up with a Bible study on it. And, uh, man, we're right in the middle of it. It's exciting stuff. But I'm going to give you a little background about this movie. It's based on a true story about a young man named Tony Nathan. And Tony Nathan was a high school student, football player. But he lived during a time of, of great racial tension in our nation when the high schools were being integrated and students were being bussed in. And so he faced a lot of persecution for his skin color. And so this high school that he was a part of was actually being torn apart by racial tension. It was destroying the team. It was destroying the students. It was destroying the coaches. Uh, it was destroying the community. But an evangelist came to the coach and he said, I would like to speak to your boys. And he said, about what? And he said, Jesus. He said, get out of here. Okay, he wasn't a believer. But then... Uh, things got worse, and the coaches found out if there's one more outbreak, they were going to get fired. And so here shows up this evangelist again, and, and he said, I just want five minutes with your boys. Well, five minutes turned into an hour. And guess what? The whole team gives their life to Jesus Christ. It changes everything. It changes this team who was not even playing as a team. And all of a sudden, uh, Jesus got into their lives, and they began to love one another. And it, and it spread out into the school and into the community and into the surrounding communities. But young Tony, he went through a lot of preparation because he hadn't even been given a fair shot to play. He was a great athlete, one of the best on the team, but he hadn't been allowed to play. Even the coach admitted he had, he had not done Tony right. But Tony, he, he was able to overcome when it would have been easy to quit. He said, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to forgive and he forgave because he had Jesus in his heart. And he persevered and he prepared and he did what was necessary to be ready. So if he ever got a chance, he would, he would be able to step up to the plate. Okay? So what I'm doing right now, the reason I said all that is I'm setting up a, a movie clip that I want you to watch. But this evangelist, remember, he had just shared Jesus. The team has gotten saved. But the evangelist, he's, he's now kind of the team chaplain. They're having this locker room meeting right before they're going to go and face the defending state champions. Nobody thinks Woodlog can win. But he tells the boys, he said, nobody knows what has happened to you all. But after tonight, the world's going to know. All right? 
pretty good stuff in it. Are you excited? Now listen, this is where I want you to feel a little young. If you get fired up as you're watching this clip, you can let out a shout. It's okay. It's good still. You can get fired up, okay? So we got that clip. Dean, I got out of order. I'll read my scriptures later, buddy. Day, this day, they will. Day, they will. When you do, 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 that's exciting. Hey, it's just going to get better. Uh, we're going to be in 1 Samuel 17 tonight, 34 to 37. And tonight, I entitled my message, Preparation. Because the young man that you just saw at the end of the clip there, he had been waiting for his moment. And so he had been training. He had been working out. He had been, he had been doing everything necessary so that when his time came, he would be ready. So we're going to talk about tonight how to be prepared when your moment comes to be used by God. 1 Samuel 17 34 through 37, it's on the screen, or if you have your Bible, you can turn there. But David said to Saul, Your servant used to keep his father's sheep, and when a lion or bear came and took a lamb out of the flock, I went after it and struck it and delivered the lamb from its mouth. And when it arose against me, I caught it by its beard and struck it and killed it. Your servant has killed both the lion and bear, and this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them, seeing he has defied the armies of the living God. Moreover, David said, The Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear, he will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. And Saul said to David, Go, and the Lord be with you. Let's pray. Father, we love you. We thank you for the privilege to be in your house tonight. And we thank you for the gift of salvation. Thank you for forgiveness for eternal life. Lord, tonight, just speak through me. Help us to hear from your Holy Spirit tonight, Lord, and help us to be obedient to you, Lord. Help us to be prepared, Lord, for when you're ready to use us. God, we love you, and we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You know, in Scripture, we see David, this young shepherd boy, and he is being prepared for greater things. And in the passage I read to you, he's trying to convince King Saul that he is ready to go and face Goliath. How was he able to have this courage and confidence? Well, he had prepared for this moment. So tonight I'm going to share with you three ways that David prepared to face Goliath. First of all, David was faithful. He was faithful. Guys, it is important to be faithful and to be disciplined. The young man that, that played the, the, act, the uh, part of Tony Nathan in the, in the movie Woodlawn, his actual name is Caleb Castile, and he is also a, a football player in real life. He's, he's got into acting now in Christian movies, but he played football. You're not going to like this, but he played for Alabama and was on two national championships with Alabama, okay? Don't hold that against him, though. Uh, but he, he talked about preparing for those championships, how he had to sacrifice. He said... When all his friends at college were staying up all night, eating junk food, you know, and watching TV, he said he had to get up 
at 5.30 a.m. for workouts. He had to eat right, no, no sodas, no junk food. He had to go practice in 100-degree heat with a sprained ankle, okay, and a severe headache. And then he had to cram in studying on top of all that. He had to go in the weight room, and then he had to work out, do the football workouts of the team. So there was all this preparation and discipline that was required, but he said it was worth it in the end. You see, David's job as a young boy was to be a shepherd. He took care of his father's sheep. And in case you didn't know, this is not a glamorous job. Okay? Most of the time it was smelly. It was hot. It was boring. Yet, we see that young David was faithful to his responsibilities. This is where God had placed him at this time in his life. And he was dedicated to do his very best. You know, he could have told his dad, yeah, I'll go watch the sheep. Then he could have went off on a hike. He could have went fishing. He could have took a nap. Nobody would even know, right, if he didn't stay with those sheep. David would know. He would know he was disobeying his, God, his dad and ultimately his heavenly father. So maybe this wasn't the occupation that he would have chose. Maybe it wasn't the, the most glamorous thing in his life. But guess what? This was his assignment. And he was determined that he was going to carry out his job that he had. So he was obedient to his father. And he sacrificed his time to take care of his family's livelihood. You know, so I was thinking for us, what are some of the things, just the daily things that we are called to do? Maybe they're not glamorous. Maybe it's not in the spotlight. But they're the daily things we're called to be faithful to. Well, how about going to work on time? And respecting your boss. How about raising kids or grandkids? Or cleaning the house? Or mowing the yard? Or working on the car? Or doing laundry? Or cleaning the kitchen? How about fleeing temptation? Doing the right thing when nobody else is around. Fighting off those areas that were attacked. How about being faithful to our daily devotions? To sacrifice time out of our busy schedule to get along with God and connect with Him. How about tithing? How about being faithful to come to church and to serve and to witness and to invite our friends to God's house? We're called to be faithful to those things, right? Those are the daily things that are so crucial in our lives because they are preparing us for the future. You know, daily tests and daily routines, they may not be glamorous. It may not be exciting. Sometimes it may get to feel like work. But it's necessary. Guys, we don't know the future, do we? But we better be ready for it. We better be prepared. But preparation is difficult. You know why? Because we have to wait. You have to do the right thing without being able to see the results. And you've got you to be patient. Everyday life may not always be thrilling, but guess what? It's the training grounds for bigger things that God wants to do. Listen to Matthew 25 and 21 from the parable of the talents. Well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over bigger things. 
Guys, we got to be faithful to the small daily things. If we want God to bless us with more and give us more responsibility, we got to be able to handle the small things that he puts before us. If we can't do that, if we can't be disciplined in the daily things, how's he going to trust us with more? Right? Well, David was faithful, but also David was courageous. He was courageous. Now, I love to tell stories about when I was growing up, and, and we lived out in the country, Brother Charlie, and, and we used to have coon hounds. All right, how many of y'all have ever been on a coon hunt? Just raise your hand if you've ever been on a coon hunt. All right. Now, see, if I'd have said that upstairs to the teens, there no hand would go up. All right, but when I was growing up, we had coon dogs, but we also had this dog that he was our squirrel dog, and his name was Sam. And Sam was kind of a terrier, kind of feist mix, and, you know, he wasn't real big, but you couldn't tell him that, Brother Ronnie. He thought that he was the biggest, meanest, toughest dog in the county. And so Sam, he was notorious. He would always get in a fight. He would always jump right in the middle of something without thinking. And then he, when he realized he was over his head, he would bail. And like, you know, maybe it was chasing the neighbor's bull, and all of a sudden he's running towards you, and here comes a bull. Or he gets a skunk after him, and here comes a skunk. You know, he'd always come running to you, and whatever was chasing him was right behind him. So he'd get you in trouble. Well, one night we were out on the creek, and we were coon hunting, and Brother Wayne, my dad, shoots this coon out of the tree. The dogs would treat it. And he shoots the coon out of the tree, and it falls into the creek. Well, Sam, you know, he was faster than the, than the hounds because he's a little dog. So being so brave, he just bails off right into the creek, jumps off this bank about eight feet high right into the water. I mean, boom, hits the water. He's going to bring this coon out. But there was one problem. The coon was alive. And the coon was bigger than him. All right, so... So Sam is swimming towards this coon, and we're all watching, you know, with our lights, and it was quite a show. And all of a sudden, Sam realizes this thing is alive, and he's coming at me. So Sam all of a sudden turns direction, and he starts heading the other way away from this coon, and there was this log. This is all that saved his life. There was this log sticking up out of the water. He gets up on this log, and he gets up on the very tip top of it, and then he just looks away. He ignores the coon. He acts like it's not there. He's looking away. The coon swims right underneath him because the log's sticking out of the water. The coon's right underneath him. All the dogs are after him. You can figure out what happened to the coon. But Sam, I mean, he got out of there. When he saw there was real danger, he bailed. Okay, <laughs> he bailed. He thought he was tough, but when it came down to it, he, he was not. He was not courageous. You know, for David... Most of the time, watching these sheep day in and day out, it was just boring. I mean, that's all you can say, just boring, watching these, you know, sheep all day. I mean, that, that would get old, wouldn't it? You can imagine. But there could, however, be times of excitement and times of extreme dangers we see from Scripture. Because if you're a sheep, uh, you're not real uh, able to defend yourself. So to a predator, you're an easy meal. And so the Scripture said... Uh, as David shared, that there were times that a lion or bear would come and it would grab one of his dad's sheep. And, and there are bears in the Middle East. They're kin to the brown bear that we have in North America, which are huge. Uh, and, and lions, of course, you, you know, we've all seen those at the zoo. So you can imagine a bear or a lion, just a nasty predator, huge. And here's this young boy that is not afraid to tackle this animal. You know, these are killing machines. But David told Saul, he said, when it would grab my father's sheep, 
I will go after. Now, here's the thing. David could have easily, nobody's around. He could have just said, you know what? We got a lot of sheep. I think I'll just let him have that one. He could have just been like Sam. Look the other way. This isn't happening. And ignore the situation. But instead, miraculously and incredibly, and I think sometimes we hear these stories since we're kids and we just kind of, you know, we just kind of breeze over it. But I want you to think about this for a minute. David said when it would grab up a sheep, he would take after it. And he would strike it. And then when it would turn on him, he would grab it by its fur and he would kill it. So I'm assuming probably with a knife, stab it. Guys, that's not normal. Okay? This is not normal. You don't just do this. If, you know, don't try this at home. Yeah, right? Because most you know, times like this, you're going to die. You will absolutely die. And we'll talk more about in a minute how David had the courage to really do this. But here's the bottom line. This kid was brave. He had amazing courage. And he would risk his life to save his father's sheep because that's the task that he had been called to do. But notice what David says next to Saul. This is, this is the best part. He said, your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. This uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them because he has defied the armies of the living God. Wow. Here are grown men, including Saul, who was head and shoulders above everybody else in Israel, scared to death to go to battle with Goliath, with this giant. They were scared to death. Yet here's young David, who is up for the challenge. How could he do this? Well, David saw Goliath through God's eyes. Not through human eyes. Not through his own eyes. Saul and his army saw a mountain, but David saw a mouse. David saw, or they saw a monster, but David saw a molehill. Goliath was nothing to him. He was just a nuisance because he had defied his God. And he had defied his God's army. So David just looked at him as a, just a, a mere obstacle to be removed. Now, guys, that's amazing because we would be paralyzed with fear. Most of us would be like Saul's army. We would be afraid to go to battle. But here's David, and he said, I'm not going to stand for this. You see, he had this kind of courage because he knew who God was, and he had experienced what God could do. You see, you don't just grab up a lion and kill it. That means God is supernaturally helping you. And I think David knew that. I think David knew that beyond a shadow of a doubt, he said God had delivered me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear. It was God. It wasn't David. I think he knew that. You see, but when this moment came, David was prepared because he had been faithful to the task God had called him to, and he had courage because he saw problems through God's eyes, and he knew what God could do in his life. You know, we can live our lives with courage too, can't we? But I'll tell you this, if we're not faithful to the daily things in life and we're not walking with Jesus, we won't have the courage that we need. When, when we are persecuted for our belief, or when we are called to get out of our comfort zone and witness to somebody, or to go on a mission trip, or to teach a class, if we're not ready, then we're not going to be able to step up to the task. You see, no matter what we face in this life, God is with us if Jesus is our Lord. 
But guys, we got to walk with him. we got to walk with him every day. Otherwise, we're not going to have the courage to do what needs to be done. So anchor on Jesus Christ and remember the ways that he's helped you in the past. There's going to be times in your life where maybe God feels distant. Notice I said feel. Sometimes we don't feel as close to God as we have at other times. But you know what you do in those times? You cling to him. You cling to Jesus and you stay in the word and you start praying. And guess what? That relationship will be renewed and, and you will feel his presence again. But guys, it's a commitment. It's not a feeling. It's a commitment. But God is there. Whether we feel him or not, he is there. But we've got to practice the discipline of seeing problems through God's eyes. Otherwise, we're going to get derailed. Because sometimes things happen that are difficult here. And if we don't keep our eyes on the Lord, it's going to derail us. It's going to knock us off course. So cling to Jesus. Find your courage in him. The third thing that helped David in his preparation, not only was he faithful, not only was he courageous, but he was humble. David was humble. You know, in a job interview, it's like you're almost trying to sell yourself, aren't you? You're trying to convince that potential employer that what? That you can do the job, right? That you, you're ready, you know? That you can, you've got the skills it takes for this job. You're, you're trying to convince him that you're the person for that job. So we kind of see young David, it's like he's in an interview with Saul. And he's telling Saul, I'm ready, I can take this giant. He's nothing, just let me at him. Let me at him. And Saul's like, I don't know. You know, you're young, this is a man of war. And I'm not sure about this, but, but David, he said, look, God's done all this for me. I fought, fought a lion and a bear multiple times, and God will do the same thing for me again. So maybe that just sealed the deal for old Saul. And he said, go, and may the Lord be with you. <laughs> because he knew he was going to need the Lord. He knew he was going to need the Lord. So how did David, you know, we think about his life. A young man, he's, he kills bears and lions and, and a giant. How can he have this kind of courage and success but not let it go to his head? How can he just keep from being, being filled up with ego and pride? Well, David stayed humble. You see what he, listen to what he said to Saul. He said, the Lord who delivered me from the lion and the bear, he will deliver me from the Philistine. Who did he give the credit to? The Lord. David knew it was about God. He gave God the credit. He didn't brag about his own accomplishments. He bragged about what God could do. God was the one who saved him from death time and time again. And Goliath was no different. So David's humility would carry him far in life. It would go with him for the rest of his days. You know, David went on to do amazing things, didn't he? He became the king of Judah and then eventually would unite the divided kingdom and become the kingdom of Israel as well. He became an amazing leader. And then he prepared his son Solomon to be the next leader who would build the temple for God's people to come and worship in. But you know what? Before David was ready to lead men, David had to lead sheep. God prepared him. He took him on a journey. And you know when David learned who God was? Brother Will, I think it was when he was all alone in solitude with just him and those sheep. And I think that's when he really began to grow and began to know who God was and what he was about. So when others might exalt themselves, David was able 
to exalt God. I think a key to our life is to stay humble. Luke 14.10 says, For whoever exalts himself will be humbled. That's tragic, isn't it? But he who humbles himself will be exalted. We've got to stay humble. We must keep our eyes on Jesus. We must lift Jesus up on high. C.S. Lewis said this, True humility is not thinking less of yourself. It is thinking of yourself less. You know what pride does? It clouds our vision. It blocks our view. Because when we're filled up with pride about what we've done, it blocks our view to the needs of other people and what other people can do for God's kingdom. And it ultimately, it blocks our view of God, doesn't it? You know, Brother Will's preached many times that the root cause of sin is pride. And it is. It's our selfish pride. So what do we do? We have to remember, this isn't about us. Right? This life, we're here, it's just a sprint. But it matters for eternity. It's about God. It's about Jesus. So here's the deal. God's preparing you for something. Each and every one of you in this room. I don't know what that is, neither do you. Only God does. But when we're faithful, when we're courageous, when we're humble, when our moment comes to step up to the plate, we will be ready. Because God will fight that battle for us. But if we're not walking with Jesus every day, and that moment comes, guess what? We won't be ready, guys, and that's sad. That's tragic. So we got to be ready. God wants to use us in amazing ways, and ultimately, it's all to point people to Jesus. So God's, he wants to do something in each and every one of your lives. So like David, we got to be ready. we got to be ready. So remember the clip I opened with. They're about to go out to this game. Young Tony is just told, you're going to start. You're getting your chance. You're going to go against the defending state champions. So I want you to enjoy this clip, and then i got a final word for you. Number one team in the
Does that just make y'all want to go play football? I mean, that, brother, well, I'll get you fired up right there. Whew. So young Tony, when his moment came, he was ready. He stepped up. He helped his team to have a, an awesome victory. I don't want to spoil the movie for you, okay? But you need to watch it if you haven't. It's a great Christian movie. He goes on to do some amazing things. Uh, I won't spoil all that, but most important, he was a strong Christian. And he exalted Jesus. And I don't know if you could see on the clip, but he actually had, he had believe written on his helmet. And the, and the whole team started to do this. They would put scriptures and verses on their helmets. And they were a witness. And that actually flowed over into other teams that they played against. And they were able to lead their opponents to Christ. It was just an amazing revival that broke out. But it was because a few people were courageous enough to do the right thing. A few people were prepared, and when the moment came, they stepped up and they exalted Jesus. So here's my question tonight for you. If the spiritual spotlight were turned on you, and God said, this is your moment. I've been preparing you for this. I'm ready to use you. To do something great so that you can lift my son up on high. Would you be ready? Would you be ready for that moment? And if not, then what adjustment do you need to make in your life so that you would be ready? Let's pray. Father, we love you. And Lord, we thank you for Jesus. And we thank you for salvation. And Lord, we thank you for your truth, that your word that just speaks truth into our lives. And Lord, we're amazed as we see this story of, of young David at such a young age to be so faithful and courageous and humble. Lord, may we have those same qualities in our lives so that when the time comes, Lord, when you're ready for us to step up, when you want to use us, Lord, it won't be for our glory, but it'll be all about you. And Lord, we want to be ready so that we can lead others to you. Father, we just, we want to be able to fill heaven up with souls. And so Lord, uh, once we know you as Savior, our mission is to go out and to make you known to this world. And Lord, every one of us in this room, you put us in other people's lives that only we can influence. Nobody else can do it. It's our job. So, Lord, would you help us to be ready? And, Lord, if there's anything in my life that's keeping me from being completely prepared for whatever encounter, Lord, that you would have me to do, whoever you would have me to share my faith with, and, Lord, I pray that same prayer for every person in this room. If there's any obstacles, Lord, may we just give those up. May we remove those. Allow you to remove them. And may we just be disciplined and dedicated and faithful. So God, that nothing will stop us from serving you. We love you so much, Lord. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Brother Will, I finished up early, but I know one thing. When I'm done, I'm done.